In the book of John, chapter 3, Jesus Christ is speaking. He says some things that are very, very potent. If you want to know if there is a division among people, you can see it very clearly here. As some people call it, there's the saints and the ain'ts. There's the believers and the unbelievers, the saved, the lost, those that are going to heaven and those that are not going to heaven. The God that made the heavens and the earth speaks of his great, wonderful love that he has for the human race. When he says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can't get a greater love than that. And at the same time that you have him speaking about his great love that he has for people, why does he have to talk about his wrath? Why has he got to talk about his hatred of sin? Well, because, you see, that's how God showed how much he loved. By letting you know his thoughts on sin, which you and I have committed and his hatred toward the sin, but his love toward us. And yet, to provide a payment for the sin, and then only to have people rebel or reject him, and not accept him. See, to reject Christ is to reject the love of God. So if you reject Christ, you are rejecting a payment for your sins. And if you don't have this payment and accept this payment for your sins, then you will have the wrath of Almighty God upon you. Look there in verse 36. In verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth, he, anybody, believeth the only thing that's required. Nothing else required but believe means you must believe that when Christ died and He paid for your sins, that you trust Him to take you to heaven when you die, if you believe that. God said that He gives you as a free gift everlasting life, and you can claim it now, and you can say, I have everlasting life. Because He says, He that believeth hath everlasting life. Now, the other side of the coin, the other side. What about the person who doesn't believe it? Is God going to give them a second chance after death? No, there's, there's no second chances. Well, didn't God love them? Yes, God loved them. But God is a just God. And he says there in the last part of verse 36, And he that believeth not the Son, that means you do not trust him, shall not see life. That's eternal life. You will not see eternal life. It doesn't mean you won't exist forever, because you will exist forever, but you won't have eternal life. It means you don't have the eternal life, the quality of life, God's life living within you, in the place where God dwells, in a place of paradise for all eternity. But you will always exist, but it's forever dying and never die. We will be forever living, eternal. And then he makes the last statement here in the last part of the verse. But the wrath of God abideth upon him. You cannot deny, if you believe John 3.16, for God so loved the world, then you also must believe that there is the wrath of God upon every unbeliever. Every unbeliever. 
God's wrath. It's kind of like this. If uh, this is you and me and we have sin on us. You and I committed the sin and we live under the wrath of God. And one day when we die, God's wrath is going to fall upon us. Now, the only way you can eliminate the wrath of God upon you as an individual is to believe that when Christ came, this hand represents Christ, He took your sins. When Christ took the sins of the world, God let His wrath fall upon His Son, and His Son took the wrath of God for my sins and for your sins. But if you reject the payment that He made, then God's wrath is upon you. Look there in verse 18 of the same chapter, but verse 18, very important. He that believeth on him is not condemned. That means if you believe it, you trust Christ as your Savior, you are not condemned. God's wrath does not come upon you. You're not condemned because he was condemned in your place. But now get the last part of verse 18. But he that believeth not is condemned when? Already. See, you're not waiting until someday in the future to be condemned. You are already condemned. You are now condemned. And that's why you need a Savior now. If you do not accept His salvation before you die, there is no more opportunities. You are then under the wrath of God for all eternity. That's awesome when you think about that. And I know that there's many people that do not even believe that there is a God. But that doesn't do away with the fact that God still exists. His word is still true. If somebody can disprove it to me, I wish they would try. I'd love to see some of these mistakes and contradictions and all that stuff in the Bible. I've been studying it for almost 40 years, and I haven't found any of them that everybody tells me about. I found the Bible to be a trustworthy book, very reliable. If it speaks on science, it's true. It speaks on history, it's true. Whatever it speaks on, it's true. And I have tried the principles that are laid down in the book. I found out they are true too. When the Bible says in the book of Genesis in chapter 1 where it says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters because the earth was without form and it was void. And it says He moved over the, the darkness and God created light. Uh, see, I believe that. I believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I don't believe that it was evolved and that God created by the process of evolution. See, if you believe that means you don't understand either one. The Bible does not teach on evolution. God condemns anyone or anything that takes away from the truth of His Word. And those who trust in rocks or stalks or anything by which they think they came from that, God says that's false. God's Word says evolution is not true. God's Word says that. And I believe the Bible. The wrath of God that is upon every individual has also been seen upon the nations of the world. Every great kingdom that has come upon the scene and passed off the scene is only a remembrance of the wrath of God upon their wickedness. America is under, I believe, the wrath of God. And it's going to fall. The wrath of God on America will fall. 
You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible teaches that. The Bible says that all nations in the end time will gather themselves against the little nation of Israel. And all nations will gather themselves into the valley of Jehoshaphat and the plains of Jezreel at the place called Megiddo. And the Bible says that God is going to come down after he pulls all these nations into this great big valley. And he's going to look at these people as though they were grapes. And the Bible says he's going to take his feet and stomp the grapes until the blood runs to the height of the horse's bridle for 200 miles. That's what God says he's going to do to all the nations that fought against Israel. And then the Bible says that Israel will become the greatest nation in the world. And all nations will know that there is only one true and living God. And they will come to Jerusalem to not only worship God in Jerusalem, but to see God in Jerusalem. He's coming. That day is ahead of us. You see, I don't have to see all of this with my naked eye. I can see it with my eye of faith because I believe the Bible. If anybody can believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you can believe that this book is true. And you'll see things other people don't see. But there'll be truth. You see, this is where the real world is. I've had people tell me one time, says, Yankee, what are you going to do when you get out in that real world out there? It isn't real out there. It's real where I am. And what I believe and what I see and what I understand, that's real and that's truth. And I'll stand there and I'll die there. And it's been good enough for me for almost 58 years. I think the Lord's been pretty good to me and I'm thankful for that. But I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 5. Romans and chapter 5. The Bible says that every individual is an enemy of God. You may not know that. You may not have thought you were. But if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you are His enemy. You're against Him. He's against you. But He loves you. He wants to make peace between you and Him. But you didn't have what it took to make peace. You said, what did it take? Perfection. You didn't qualify. So God is against your sin, even though you try to hide it or deny it or run from it. God sees sin. And the Bible says God despises and hates sin. Because God is a righteous and a holy God. And God says that you are His enemy. And He has wrath towards you. And if you do not accept the peace offering that He made towards you, then you are going to get His wrath. And every person that is permitted to live every day has an opportunity to accept this peace offering. That peace offering was His Son. His Son was offered to make peace between God and man. The man Christ Jesus, the mediator. There is no other. So he says here in verse 9 of chapter 5 of Romans, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were sinners before you did that, you were His enemy, 
We were enemies against God. And God has wrath toward us. But when you accepted that peace offering that He put towards you, and you accepted it, then the Bible says we have peace with God. Look in verse 1 of chapter 5. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. I'm not God's enemy. I've made peace with God. Have you ever heard about people before they die, look, have you made peace with God? That is so important. Because you're going to die, and the Bible says, after this, the judgment. After this, a judgment. But have you made peace with God? All of life, whether you live 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 100 years, all of life is preparation for you to meet God. Think about it. All you're doing, and every decision you make, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, is preparation for you to meet God. Because God is going to hold you accountable for every thought, word, and deed. You're going to face Him. The Bible says in the Old Testament, prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet thy God. We have people today that deny that there is a God. They don't believe in a God. But that's all right. God still exists and they are still going to meet Him. And God says, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, it means that there is a day coming which every person who has ever lived will confess that Jesus Christ, He was God. And God the Father will receive the glory because the people will finally have to admit it. But with many people, it will be too late. Forever too late. Jesus Christ is God. And we were enemies. And you're His enemy until you trust Christ as your Savior. But if you do not trust the Lord, the wrath of God still abides upon you. And you never know when the wrath of God will fall. Take your Bible, look there in Romans in chapter 2. You'll notice there in verse 2 of chapter 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God, and you underline this phrase, according to truth. It's according to truth. Against them which commit such things. So there is a God who is going to judge people who commit certain acts of wickedness. They're mentioned there in Romans chapter 1. People don't have to believe there's a God. That doesn't do away with God. This one atheist was talking to a little girl. Says, uh, do you believe the Bible? She said, yes, sir, I believe the Bible. He said, do you believe in the story of Jonah and the whale? Says, yes, yes, I do. And, and when I get to heaven, I'm going to talk to him about it. He said, well, what if he's not there when you get there? Well, then you ask him. Yes, I believe that there is a God. And just because somebody else doesn't believe it, doesn't shake my faith. It doesn't make me weak, or it doesn't make me question, doesn't make me doubt. I just wonder why they're so stupid. So naive. To think that everything created itself by the process of evolution, which there is no evidence, no truth of. You came from a one-celled amoeba? Oh, come on. We still got one-celled amoebas. We got anything coming from them? No. We came from some common ancestor down the road. We got any around? No. 
Well, what came from half monkeys and half, uh, you know, people? Well, where is this one? There's no intermediates. There's no links. How blind. Where's all these half people and half apes running around? There isn't anything like that. Everything reproduces after its own kind, just like it says in the book of Genesis. Thank you. Now, here in Romans, it says here in verse 3, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgeth them which do such things, and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? In other words, there are people who believe they will escape the judgment of God. And they're not going to. Because God is just. He said, every man shall receive according to his own works. God. He says in verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, it means you don't believe. You're hard-headed, stiff-necked. He says... Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself, and you ought to line this word, wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. Now, that's what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible. I don't believe there's one man living in the world that's going to get away. Either you accept the payment Christ made for you and you make peace with God before you die, or God's judgment, God's wrath is upon that individual for all eternity. You say, well, they get away with so much. They won't get away with anything. Nobody does. I, as a Christian, if I decide, well, I can live like I please, I can try, but I cannot get away with it. My Heavenly Father will chasten me, take me home before my time, or... Whoop me while I'm here, and I don't know what it would be, but I don't care to find out. And somebody else decides to serve the Lord, God will bless them. See, everybody gets exactly what they deserve. You're going to get exactly what you deserve. Just don't try to judge too soon. It's not over. God hasn't judged you yet. He hasn't either fully blessed you yet or rewarded you yet. See, when you get to heaven... You're going to heaven was not because of what you did, because Christ made peace with you. He was the peace offering. He took your wrath. So you don't have to answer for all those sins that would condemn your soul to hell. That penalty has been paid for. Now, the Bible says as far as you, you can have his blessings and his rewards, but it'll be according to whatever you did. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So you'll get what you deserve. It doesn't matter whether people do or don't appreciate you, don't appreciate you, reward you, behind you, for you, against you. It has nothing to do with anything. There is a righteous judge, God, who is going to take care of you. If you do what God says to do, God is going to bless you. You're supposed to believe that, and God will honor you. Look there in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. You can't deny that it's in the Bible. There is a dark side of all of this stuff. Oh, yes, there's a bright side. A one long eternal day. No night there. But the Bible says the wrath of God, that period of time that comes upon the face of the earth, is a time of darkness and no light. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness or resist the truth in unrighteousness. Or if you tie it into verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Saying that what God said isn't true. Say it's a lie. Saying the Bible is a lie. See, whenever you teach evolution, what you're saying is that there is no God. When you teach evolution, what you're saying is the Bible is a lie. That's what they're teaching when they teach evolution. So you teach the kids that they're animals. After a while, why be upset if they act like it? Evolution is a religion. And the Supreme Court of the United States has declared the teaching of humanism, which is evolutionary teaching, a religion. It's not even supposed to be in our schools. But we allow them to take over as though they are intelligent and they're smart and they're brilliant. The Bible says it this way. In verse 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, and became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became what? That's what they are. Any person who believes in evolution, I don't care what university, what college, where they teach, how many degrees after their name? They're fools. And anybody that believes them are fools. I want you to know that you can't be on both sides. You can't play the middle. You either got to be one or the other. You can't be both. Say, so, well, couldn't God create by the process of evolution? No. Like some people think, I have never heard that argument. No, the Bible says how it is. The Bible is true. There is a judgment day coming, the Bible says, in which God is going to judge the nations. Take your Bible and turn there to the book of Revelation chapter 19. Very quickly, Revelation and chapter 19. The Lord says He's coming back. One day, just think about it. The sky is going to split. And all of a sudden, here comes the Lord from heaven. And the Bible says every eye is going to see Him. Not only will they see him when he showed it, they'll see him coming. Before he gets there, they'll see him coming, Matthew 24. And when he comes, the Bible says in verse 15, And out of his mouth, of chapter 19, verse 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he might smite the nations. The nations. Why? Because the nations are turning against God. They believe they've got the answer for everything. And they're going to have their little one world religion and their one world government. And the Bible says, And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Wrath coming upon them. Take your Bible, look in chapter 11 of Revelation. The Lord is coming back. And he makes a statement in verse 15, And the seventh angel sounded. And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Now get this. The kingdoms of this world, the nations of the world, are going to have one ruler. Yes, one ruler one day. And it's going to be the Lord. And He's going to rule with a rod of iron. He will literally be here. And His saints are going to reign with Him. Over the nations of the world. You think that what they do now on a day-by-day -day basis bothers me? 
I have nothing to worry about. I don't care what they do. But I want to reach and educate as many people as I possibly can to understand and to know this and to realize it ain't over yet. I know how it ends. All the kingdoms of the world will become His. And I'm going to rule with Him. And the Bible says that in the last time, God shall have them in derision and that God will laugh at them. God's going to laugh at the stupidness of the judgment of the people that rule the nations. Because they think they're so wise, so smart. God says, your time's coming. Look in verse 18 of chapter 11. And the nations were angry. I wonder if you could consider that a hate crime. When the nations get angry at God because of the judgment that God pours out upon this world, when they have their earthquakes that he talks about and their hailstones of 120 pounds hitting upon this earth, when God says that he's going to take and be the one that turns out the light and make the moon turn into blood and the, everything in the oceans to die and one-fourth of the world's population destroyed at one time and people's body consuming off their flesh. When the Bible talks about it, and their holes shall consume away out of their eyes sockets and their flesh and their tongue shall consume away out of its, their mouth. Uh, when all that happens. And the Bible says... The people rebel and get harder toward God and hate toward the wrath of the Lamb. And that's okay. They get angry. In verse 18, And thy wrath is come and the time of the dead, that they should be judged and that they should have, thou should have give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. This is awesome. This isn't far away. Because the nations of the world are choosing sides. Israel does want a peace treaty. And the Jews want to rebuild a temple. But see, those are things going to be built in the tribulation period. The tribulation period, that's seven years called the wrath of God where God is going to pour out his wrath upon this earth but right before all that happens the Bible says the rapture will take place that's where Christ will come in the air and he'll take every one of us that know Christ as Savior and are living at that moment will be changed in a moment the twinkling of an eye and caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord to deliver us from the wrath to come so God pours out his wrath upon individuals and his wrath upon nations, wraths upon governments. And in last days, it'll be the wrath upon the whole world. I know that I don't have to worry about the wrath of God. Greatest peace of mind that a man can have. But if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, that was God's peace offering to you. You reject Christ. You don't have eternal life. You don't go to heaven when you die. You will have God's wrath upon you.